Hi, this is Kevin Eastman, co-creator of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and publisher of Heavy Metal Magazine. The only thing I like more than Justin Bieber is Sci-Fi Saturday Night. your people to surrender now and avoid war. Don't think you get me so easily. It is now time for us to put Earth under our roof. It's your sacred duty to tell us the truth. Confess, confess that you will give you witchcraft. You expect me to believe that you can overrun the entire world? We cannot be defeated. We have never been defeated. That is the message. Yeah, they're dead. They're all messed up. Five by Saturday night. Hey, everybody, and welcome to a new year of Area 51 recordings of Sci-Fi Saturday Night. We are the only podcast to guarantee to remain carbon neutral for the entirety of this year's run. We're doing this with a brand new search engine, which makes no sense. I don't know how that works, but I'm told. It's a carbon neutral search engine. We're going with this. Hey, everyone. I am your vaccinated host, The Dome. I've got not only my, my two vaccinations, but a booster shot and a lollipop. So I'm feeling pretty damn good. Tonight is episode 515. That means we've wasted 514 episodes of your life. And we're going to keep going until I fall over. And uh, until then, you're stuck with me. Tonight, it's another mask optional semi-quarantine evening here in Area 51. And in this episode, we're, we're, we're calling it, hey, I hear you got a podcast too. Uh, joining me in the Area 51 broadcast facility tonight at the clickbait fact-checking wheel of fish and soiling green snack bar, it's Commander Cam. Cam, my friend, how are you tonight? Oh, I'm doing good. I'm uh, doing a little reading here. You see, I, I, ah. found this, uh, I found this how-to manual. Oh, God. Um, yeah, well, you see, I, I need a little help, you know, here at the snack bar. So I was looking up this wonderful little uh, manual that will, you know, help me, you know, with, uh, you know, my uh, hiring needs. Was well, was it was of... it written by a religious f- fanatic? Because that oh, no, would be no, the no. Emmanuel manual. But go ahead. No, 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 no. <laughs> No, it's a really nice lady. Her name is Mary Shelley. And I think she's got this, it's really good idea, you know, to, because instead of hiring, you build your own. Oh, it's a build your own assistant manual. Exactly. The woman's brilliant. I mean, I just think, you know, she's got this great idea for building your own employees. So that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to build them out, uh, uh, you know, and then, uh, you know, I'll have a couple here working for me, you know. Uh, and then yeah. I got a lot of free time to work on my next cookbook. Excellent. The only thing I would be careful of after watching the 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 YouTube instruction guide is when you go for the brain, do not get the Abbey normal one. Ah. Uh, I understand so that that might be a problem. I, I so skip, heard that skip any ones that from people named Abby. Gotcha. Right. Right. Anyhow. Tonight, we welcome back for episode three of uh, uh, Ed Willett, because Ed's been on twice before. He's back for a third time, which means either he enjoys our company or he has no taste, possibly both. Ed, welcome back to Sci-Fi Saturday Night. 
Thank you. I just realized I'm a trilogy then, which is pretty you, amazing. You are. <laughs> and you were only two episodes away from the Five Timers Club. Ooh, what do I get for that? No, absolutely nothing. That's but what I figured. Lot, yeah. <laughs> we're thinking of putting up the Five Timers Club page, but that would be like work. <laughs> so that may never happen, but uh, there are a number of people who were foolish enough to be on the show five times. And we do have a little little gold star that we put next to you for the sixth time uh, after you've been on the show five times. And uh, well, that's so, about it. Something you know. to aspire to. <laughs> or, or not, as the case may be. Anyhow, you're here tonight to talk about a couple of things, not the least of which is uh, a new anthology uh, that was just recently published and a newer anthology that's recently that's just about to go uh, to Kickstarter as well as some other stuff that's going on. But um, normally what happens is I open up my mail and I get a book in the mail and I read the book and I go, oh, that was interesting. Um, but what I like uh, about um, Shape is the World Volume 2 is that I never read Volume 1. Uh, but <laughs> it doesn't matter because it's an anthology. And the anthology uh, is really interesting because it's based on people who have been on your World Shapers uh, podcast. Yeah, that's... Um, it, it... I've had the podcast for a while and um, you've had the podcast since 2018, 2018. And it, and the first one came out in 2020. So it took me a while to work up to it. But uh, back in 2019, I was at the a presentation at uh, the annual meeting of Sask Books, which is the Association of Saskatchewan Publishers. I'm currently vice president because somebody uh, stepped down from the board and they said, hey, you want to be vice president? So I'm now vice and you president. You said, yeah, because yeah, I don't know why, is. but I said yes. Yeah. Wow. Uh, anyway, um, there was a presentation from a publisher from Winnipeg, a publisher that is now gone, I think, as so many publishers are. But she had successfully kickstarted an anthology and she impressed me because she had written <clears throat> my voice broke. I was so impressed. She had okay. raised over a hundred thousand dollars. on her Holy Kripolis. I've never heard of wow. <laughs> anthology. And I thought, wow, I, sh I, I know some authors. Maybe I should ask them. Uh, now, she had connections to the comics side of things, and they love their Kickstarters, comics. Yeah, people. they do. So I think that's why she got as much money as she did. But I decided to give it a shot, and I asked everybody. I had to break it down somehow, so I decided, well, we'll go with the first year of guests and see who I got. And I ended up with 18 authors, nine original stories, and nine uh, nine reprints from some pretty impressive names. Like uh, John Scalzi was in there, Shauna McGuire, Tanya Heff, David Weber, Ellie Modisett Jr., people like that. I was in there. Yeah, too. It's a shame you didn't get any names for that one, you know. I know Joe Haldeman. Did I mention him? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so that was that was impressive, and I thought it worked. Uh, the Kickstarter succeeded, and I thought, okay, let's do it again. And that gives us Shapers of Worlds Volume Two, which I successfully kickstarted last year at this time, with even more authors. It's a it's a good sized book. This one, it's well over five hundred. It is. It is, and it's uh, yeah. That's the one that. that uh, got dropped into my email and I went, wow, this is uh, this is an interesting mix of names that I recognize and names that I don't. 
I think that's what's interesting about my approach to it. I interview a lot of big names, and some of the biggest names are the ones who, of course, said, uh, I'm just too busy, I can't contribute a story, which is too bad, or I could have had, like, you know, Victoria Schwab and people like that in there. But, uh, you know, I had enough that did. But I also, every now and then, I'll, I'll interview somebody just because they're interesting, and maybe they're a first novelist, or or uh, they've published a few things with smaller publishers, and I'll I'll talk to them as well. But then when it comes time for the anthology, I offer this to everybody who is a guest uh, on the podcast, and so you do get that interesting mixture of, uh, of like in this case, we had, uh, oh, Kelly Armstrong and Marie Brennan and people like that. And then you had a few names you probably didn't recognize. Right, right. Uh, and it's great for those authors because, you know, if you're lower down on the on the right on the recognition, like pole, yeah, <laughs> uh, you're uh, you're always excited to be in an anthology with with bigger names and it the people who will be reading it because of the bigger names then have a chance to read these stories from other authors. And I just think it's, uh, I think it's been a really interesting process and an interesting approach to an anthology. A lot of anthologies have a theme, you know, I've, I've been in a number of themed anthologies, like uh, I was in one called the modern deity's guide to surviving humanity. Uh, by <laughs> just one that, uh, I don't know if you're aware of Josh Palmatier. His company, Zombie Need, Zombies Need Brains, kickstarts anthologies more than one every year. Uh, so I did one for that. So that has a very distinct theme. You know, the old gods are still around, but uh, they're not really being gods very much anymore. What is it they're doing these days? And uh, so that's one approach to anthologies. I considered this, and I used this metaphor in my introduction as a, a cabinet of curiosities. Yeah, I was going to talk to you Interesting about thing. That, that, that was... That was you know, I, I, I read the introduction and I went, why why did we go with Cabinet of Curiosities, which is a, a really an 1800s kind of, actually earlier than that, kind of concept? Well, it's alliterative. <laughs> cabinet of I mean, aside from the fact that it's alliterative. It's just fun to say. It's a cabinet. And I thought it, <laughs> I thought it very much described what I was doing, you know. I think the first time around, I called it an author showcase, which is also what it is. But, you know, these these cabinets and they were entire rooms. They weren't actually just cabinets. They were kind of the early museums would have an eclectic selection of interesting artifacts that people in their travels or their studies had collected. So you might have, you know, shrunken heads and fossils and paintings and pieces of sculpture. It could be a, a real mixture of things like that, all interesting. They would be arranged in some artistic manner to please the eye and to engage the brain. And I thought that was a pretty darn good metaphor for uh, this anthology. But this, but this anthology, the way you're describing it, was essentially um, a crapshoot. Well, not really, because I've talked to all these authors and before. Well, I, I mean, you know who they were and all that. And oh, yeah, were I don't all, know what the story's been like. No, on your show, but whoever you got was whoever you got. That's true, but I had enough, I don't know, I, I talked to them and I had them on the show to begin with because I'd already looked into their writing and thought they would be interesting to talk to and liked what I saw in the, the writing. Uh, so it wasn't that much of a crapshoot. The real crapshoot was not knowing exactly what mix of stories I would get. Um, so I got a, it's a mixture of everything from hard science fiction to uh, 
robot police pre <laughs> procedural to uh, far future to uh, epic fantasy to supernatural to intergalactic wrestling to intergalactic yes, wrestling. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> you can't have enough stories about intergalactic wrestling you cannot <laughs> and and jeffrey carver is 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 a uh, one of my favorites just right out of the gate so when i saw his name on the list i went this is one of the stories i've got to read uh we decided that we were each going to pick a couple of stories to read and when i saw jeffrey's name i went dibs <laughs> before anybody one. else could and and i i read shapeshifter finals and just couldn't stop giggling because it's funnier than hell number one and and it's i don't know if it's not typical of what jeffrey writes or not but damn it it was funny and it was it was really good and then i started you know bouncing around to other stories uh and got to ira Neyman's message found in a variable temporary temporality appliance <laughs> and and went that may have been the strangest story i've read in an awfully long time <laughs> uh and that, that's that's the point at which I realized that not only is there no real adhesive that holds these stories together, other than Edward Willett, uh, <laughs> there doesn't need to be. No, they're all really good. And Dom, what was it about you and I picking stories with really long names? Because one of the first ones I grabbed was letters from an imprisoned wizard to a young queen and a social. Explicatory correspondence. I have no idea, but that's what clearly that's exactly what happened. That's the longest. And it was a good, <laughs> and it was a good story. I rather enjoyed it. It was kind of interesting because it is literally told via letters being written by, back and that's forth. By Garth Nix, we should mention. Yes. Yes, by Garth. Yes, I'm so sorry. Thank you. By Garth Nix, and he does a wonderful job of weaving magic and fantasy and a little bit of time travel. And that's all I'm going to say. Because, you know, I think people should should put that should at least. Well, I won't say skip the first two stories, because literally it's the third story in the anthology. Read the first two, then read that one. But seriously, <laughs> it is really good. I always read things in order. So I've, I've read all these stories a number of times at this point <laughs> and in my next question is uh how'd you figure out the order to put these in because there seems to me to be a, a just gorgeous randomness to the order in which they got thrown in it's not exactly random um it's well i, I suppose it is in the sense that it came out of my brain which is kind of random but to me, it just this was a natural flow for the stories. And I'm also aware, you know, of the science fiction fantasy mix. So uh, if you look at it, we have fantasy, fantasy, alternate history, science fiction, but pretty strange science fiction, science fiction, mm -hmm. then back to fantasy, fantasy, uh, fantasy, fantasy, uh, kind of supernatural fantasy, fantasy, science fiction. Oh, sorry. I'm reading. I'm reading the front cover. I'm not reading the order of the stories. <laughs> I was entirely wrong. Forget I said anything. Uh, let me see. Yeah, we, so we had fantasy, 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 um, science fiction, 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 fantasy, 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 
science fiction. So they tend to, to group a few fantasy stories and a few science fiction stories uh, to a certain extent. And that was part of the flow. Part of it had to do with the length. Part of it just had to do with what seemed natural to me. So, and the first one, I actually put my own story, number one, and at least one commenter thought that was rude of me. I just felt that it was a good opening story to the anthology, that one. But this time I, I buried mine in the middle somewhere. <laughs> How, and yet I much... hunted it down and read it first. So that that's, you know. That yeah, both of me. us did that. <laughs> Nobody reads. I mean, I read anthology start to finish typically, but I'm sure lots of people dip in here and there and, and pull out what they're most interested in. Well, I mean, you talk about random, that's how I read anthologies. I mean, I tend, unless I figure, like, there are some that definitely have a start to finish. Literally, you have to read it because each one is intertwined with the other. But there are, but for most anthologies, you can pretty much read them randomly, and they, and they can be rather enjoyable just to kind of go, I'm going to try this one. There's also a certain commercial aspect to it in that Kelly Armstrong was one of my biggest names. And uh, so I put her story first. She has t lots of fans. And yep. then uh, Steve Sterling gave me a novella. Um, and he's Steve Sterling. So I put him at the end because having a, a, a big meaty story like that at the end seems like a good way to close out the book. And Almost I know definitely. that I have a big one coming for the um, next anthology from Walter John Williams. So I already know that that's probably going to be the closing story for that same reason. So. Next question has to be this. When this airs, uh, your newest book, Shaper of Worlds, Volume 3, will have just opened its Kickstarter. Mm -hmm. So is this going to now be a, a yearly kind of, hi, here we are? Assuming that, uh, assuming that this one funds, as the first two did, and I actually lowered my my funding level a little bit this time, not so much that I need less money as to just try to ensure that I, it's good if you can go over it quicker uh, and then more people think, oh, that's successful. I'll, so that's kind of an experiment. Uh, but um, yeah, that's the plan. I've already, every author I talk to now, uh, I send them by way of thanks, I send them a copy of the most recent anthology and I ask them if, you know, I've I hope to do this again next year, and I'll be reaching out to you later this year for my fourth year uh, anthology. And would you be interested? And most of them say yes, they would be interested. Um, and now, if they all are, I'll have the thickest book yet. Although, usually, when you actually talk to some of the authors, they're like, "I, you know, I've got 27 novels due, and the fans are beating down my door, and I have to fly to Timbuktu for a conference, and I just can't manage a short story right now." I do have some authors that seem to be at that level. Um, so, yeah, I don't know exactly which ones I'll get, but everybody usually is at least supportive of the idea. And then uh, once I reach out, I'll find out exactly uh, who's available. It's uh, it's a difficult thing for you to do because you're you're an egg juggler to begin with. Because you have so many things going on between your own writing your own publishing house, your own kind of PR work that you do within the community for writers and publishers, your own podcast, run, and running all these Kickstarters, and, and then trying to, how, 
Okay, when do you breathe? When do you sleep? When do you eat? <laughs> I actually feel like I'm kind of lazy and that I could do so much more if I just worked harder. <laughs> if only you would not sleep or eat. Yeah. You know, what the hell? <laughs> I'm always got, I'm always juggling a lot of projects. Actually, unfortunately, the thing I think suffers the most is my own writing uh, because of all the publishing uh, stuff that I'm working on now. Uh, so I, I, I have a new novel coming out from DAW this fall, which is actually a, that's that short story in, in uh, Shapers of Worlds volume two is actually introduces the characters. It's set 10 years before the novel will, will be happening. Uh, called the Tangled Stars, so I've got that coming up. That's all written, but I will have editing coming back from that soon. And right now, I'm kind of writing on uh, something I haven't done in a while. I don't have a contract in hand. I'm writing a novel on spec, which I haven't done for a while. A young adult novel called Changers, which is uh, is fun, but I'm not writing it as fast as I have occasionally written things, simply because I've got so many other uh, editing tasks and publishing tasks and and things like that. So. It is like juggling eggs, and occasionally I drop one, but hopefully they're hard-boiled. But, I mean, when you're not doing everything else, you have your your own publishing house, Shadowpaw Press. That's where a lot of my time's going, yeah. <laughs> and that's because I'm expanding it, so. Right, so what's been going on with that? Because that you opened up at around the same time that you started your podcast in 2018. Yeah, a little bit before. It was the fall of 2018. I had two projects that I wanted to publish. One was a collection of my short fiction, Paths to the Stars, which was the first book I put out. Um, and it was nominated for two Saskatchewan Book Awards, so I seem to have done something right there. And then uh, I also had my grandfather-in-law's First World War memoirs I wanted to put out in time. And the timing largely was I wanted to get that out just in time for the 100th anniversary of the armistice in November of 2018 which I did, and it got me some nice uh, uh, publicity for that reason, and it was nice to honor. I never knew him, but I'd read his memoirs. I feel like I know him in his house. We live in his old house, and it's still full of his stuff, so <laughs> or a lot of his stuff is still. So in a way, you do know him really well. Yeah. I do know him, and of course, he was my wife's grandfather, so she knew him. So that I had, and then I had a bunch of books that had been orphaned by other publishers, and so like many authors today, I, I decided I would at least get them out there in some fashion myself. So Shadowpaw Press kind of focused on that for a while. But then when the anthology came along, well, I had Shadowpaw Press, so I published the first anthology through Shadowpaw Press, and I published the second anthology through Shadowpaw Press, and the third one will come out through Shadowpaw Press, but also I have been working toward publishing other people's. I was going to say, you know, since the last time we talked, You've picked up two or three or four other authors into Shadowpaw Press. Yeah, and it's been of an experiment. I've I've split the press into three imprints. Um, Shadowpaw Press Premier will be original work. Shadowpaw, it's hard to say. Shadowpaw Press Reprise. <laughs> this is my musical theater side coming out. Premier Reprise uh, is for. Um, um, reprints, both my own and others. So I actually have signed two authors. I will be bringing out new editions of books of theirs that were orphaned by publishers. Um, that'll be almost the next thing that comes out from Shadowpaw Press, I think. There's a, a science fiction novel, novel, novel called uh, um, Duotero, which was published by Bundoran Press here in Canada, which also published a couple of my books. Bundoran is now sadly gone, so I, when you say orphaned, 
for for those who are listening and don't quite understand what that means. Oh, yeah, the, the publisher went away. They shut down because they were tired of losing money or whatever. And uh, so the rights reverted to the author. Now, a lot of authors are, you know, are happy to do what I did and figure out the whole self-publishing hybrid thing and do it themselves. But there are also authors out there who have great novels, but they're not prepared to go through that to climb that learning curve. It is it's pretty steep in spots. And I've now done it quite a bit. So I opened up the press and I said, uh, I'm willing to look at previously published novels if the rights have reverted to you and see if I there's something Shadowpaw Press would like to publish. So I'm doing that with two novels so far, the science fiction one, Do a Tarot by Brad C. Anderson. And then I'm completely on a different tack. There's a middle grade novel told in verse by a Saskatchewan poet, Catherine Lawrence, uh, called Stay, which I quite loved when I read it. So I'm going to bring out a new edition of that. And the idea with these is that they will be ebooks and print on demand. I'm not doing big print runs or anything like that, but they'll be out there. They'll be available through any bookstore. Uh, and I'm working on a number of things on the publishing side for better distribution and, and better visibility and all that kind of stuff. And then on the, the Shadowpaw Press premiere side, I've signed Matthew Hughes, who's an author you may have heard of, very well known in the science fiction field, award winner. Um, but I'm publishing a YA non-science fiction book of his called The Amir's Falcon. And then the other one I've taken on is a new novel called Thickwood, which is set in Saskatchewan post-World War II and, and uh, involves a young woman who is both a brilliant horsewoman and rancher and a professional baseball player in the All-American Girls <laughs> Baseball League. And it's how those two worlds collide that make it a very interesting novel. And I encountered it when I was writer in residence at the Saskatoon Public Library. And uh, yeah, so that's those will be my first two, my first two non-science fiction original books that Shadowpaw Press will publish. But I'm not shutting the door on science fiction by any means. And uh, once I open up more widely, which I will perhaps do if this works out, I would expect to keep kind of a mixture of science fiction, non-science fiction, non-fiction. At the moment, it's just whatever interests me. I can do that because I am, I am Shadowpaw Press. The state, it is me. <laughs> oh, it's a good thing you're not busy. Seriously. I love it. I, I love Okay, occasionally, occasionally when I'm editing and editing and editing and editing, I am reminded of the song from My Fair Lady. Words, words, words. I'm so sick of words. <laughs> words all day through. First from him, then from you. Is that all you blighters can do? That seems to be a good, <laughs> a good song for, for freelance writers and editors. But that's what I do, so I do it. It's important. Um... Guys like you, for 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 see, I want to say writers like you, except you're not just a writer. You're 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 doing so many more things than just writing right now, um, and and because you're doing so many more things than just writing, you're impacting so much more than just the writing field. Uh, you you've got your own brand of of publishing you've got your 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 own 
little world of of uh, of everything going on here, and because of that, you're you're impacting the arts in so many wonderfully different ways, and it's it's pretty damn cool. Hmm. So what else have you got to do? What else is going on? What else is going on? I think that I think that kind of covers it: the writing and the editing and the kickstarting and the podcasting. I auditioned for our local theater companies, professional theater companies this week. So there's that too. If any of that comes along, I'll certainly. <laughs> See, now I was going to ask about that yeah, because from our, one of our last conversations, you said that you were you were into theater, and then you were doing My Fair Lady, which really reminded me. And I was going, I wonder if he's he's gotten any time to act as well. Good lord, how do how how where why how do you have time to do that? Well, it hasn't, I haven't been cast. I just auditioned. So <laughs> there's two new artistic directors here at the two professional theater companies in Saskatchewan, and they were having joint auditions. So uh, I went and uh, did a monologue and sang a song and had a chat and also introduced myself because I've also done some playwriting. And they all, this was like an artistic direct um, introduction as well. So at least they know who I am now. And, you, you know, you never know what might, might come of that. It's like planting seeds and hoping something sprouts. Oh, my Lord. So if you look, if you look at what's going on here, and I do, and and I really, 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 in case you didn't notice yet, I really admire you in, in, a, in a whole lot of ways. Oh, um, thanks. <laughs> I mean, you know, uh, I tried to do a lot of what it is that you do, and I do some of it kind of okay, and some of it really badly. <laughs> um, but uh, well, the only thing that's missing is the is the heaps and heaps of money I was kind of hoping would come my way at some point. But <laughs> you know, you know, and we were talking about Brandon that Sanderson. I'm just mentioning that before before we uh, before we hit the record button, we were both talking and laughing about that, and uh, <clears throat> we both kind of realized that. You know, the the kind of money that we can make off podcasting, well, you know, we're just going to let that go past. <laughs> because. Uh, Barring a major way- sponsorship, uh, which seems unlikely. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, somehow the O'Henry Bar sponsorship never came through, <laughs> unfortunately. But, you know, l- let's face it. Uh, we We both love what we do. We both get great great enjoyment and it's clear uh from the writing from your publishing from the participation that you have in all the different things that you do that you just enjoy the hell out of your life right now most of the time there's some freelance editing i take on where i'm working with really really bad manuscripts and that can be a chore (laughs) That's stuff I just do for money. I uh, didn't say it wasn't going to be a chore. <laughs> Those aren't the ones I'm publishing. I should, that's just, you know, on the side that I do some uh, anonymous freelance editing. And it's, uh, yeah, some of that stuff is really, but it pays. <laughs> it keeps you in fresh eggs and the occasional slab of bacon. Exactly. 
<laughs> as much fun as Shape of Words, Words Worlds Volume 2 was, and trust me when I tell you it was great fun. And and listening to the World Shaper podcast is, and we will have links to that, kids, so that when you're done listening to my silliness, you can listen to his real cool stuff as well. <laughs> um, we will also have the link for the Kickstarter for Shaper of World Volume 3. And uh, it's one of those things where, you know, I've been saying this a lot lately. Because lately we're only having people on that we really have fun with. But you're welcome back here anytime. Um, because it's fun having you with us. Uh, our guest tonight has been Edward Willett. And if you can find something that he doesn't do really, really well, I don't want to hear about it. Because he, he's really just an incredibly prolific human being. And... Uh, Anyhow, thanks for being on the show tonight, Edward. Thanks so much for having me again. I'll, I'll aim for that fifth. Five-timers club. Five-timers yeah. club, yeah. And maybe the gold star, who knows? Sci-Fi Saturday Night is made possible with the support of Granite Con and Double Midnight Comics, Plastic City Comic Con, the Upper Valley Comic Expo, Dreamforge Anvil and Dreamforge Magazine, and Comic Art House. If you're looking for a great gift idea, may we suggest Sci-Fi Saturday Night's anthology, My Peculiar Family, available on Amazon. The audiobook is also available on Audible. Our intro production was provided by Rob Watts. Check out all of his amazing work at robwattsonline.com. Our outro music was provided by Lawrence Made Me Cry. Their discography is available on Bandcamp. Thank you so much, Jojo. This is Dome saying shared pain is lessened, shared joy increased. Thus do we all refute entropy. So unless it's daytime, good night, everyone. Hello, Dust. See you later. Good night, everybody. <laughs> How's that, dude?